guys. It's not anywhere in the book. Hey everyone, welcome back to That's Not in the Book. I'm your host, Agent X. I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Please remember that no AA member, including myself or any guests that I have on the show, speak for AA as a whole. The only aim of this podcast is to be helpful. Please remember you can get in contact with me or any guests that I have on the show at that's not in the book at hotmail.com. Uh, also, if you need uh, sponsorship help or meeting help or any navigation, please just reach out at that email. Uh, today, I'm here with my guest that we will call Anthony because I refuse to let anyone use their own fucking name. And um, it says that we omit our first name and just be called a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. And it's funny, I think I need a guest to come on and be a member of Alcoholics Anonymous because that's verbatim what it says that we're supposed to talk, like call ourselves, like not even use our very first name. But my name, Agent X, came from the part in the book in step three where it tells me that, you know, God's going to be the principal and I'm going to be the agent, you know, that I I know what my job is here today. And I was thinking about it the other day because I uh, just decided I'm going to put on a sponsorship workshop to build confidence using the big book to sponsor others because I have a very clear cut way through the big book in sponsorship. And I lose all my sponsees at step 12, right? Like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Well, you're right. You can't fucking do it. Actually, you have no power. You can't help anyone, but you have to, right? Like you have to try. Um, And it was funny. I wrote this workshop. I just put it out there. You know, a bunch of people are coming to it on Sunday. And I was like, I just. You just, no one's telling you what to do here. You know what I mean? You can just decide that you're going to just have a sponsorship workshop and just fucking go with it. And then that made me think of like, well, what is my job in AA? Because I believe that I have, that if you're here long enough, you will, it will be revealed to you. You don't get to pick, right? What that third step job is. If you keep close to God and perform his work well, you become unharmed from alcohol, okay? The problem becomes removed. It's cool. We don't spend a day at a time trying not to be sober. We just fucking are because we stay close to God and perform his work well. And I think one of my things, like, like one of my jobs in AA is to be a cheerleader for a newcomer to sponsor. Like that's my little, like God's like, here, you cheer on those newcomers to sponsor after they've been through the steps. That's kind of like, that's what I do because that's all I got to sell for fun and for free as the road to recovery. Do you feel like, Anthony, in AA, you have like a job? Um, I don't know that I've ever considered that perspective. Uh, I would I would say I certainly have a responsibility to um, to try to give the new person and even the, the longtime AA member uh, the clear and accurate message of AA that I was given. Yeah. Uh, and and a big part of that is, um, you know, letting them know hey, it's, it's OK. <laughs> you can't screw this up. You're not yeah. going to get them sober. So go get them. <laughs> you, it, it, it's not you negotiable. It's powerless. <laughs> um, you know, we listen to a lot of the things being said in meetings, and it's just it's really amazing how inaccurate the program of recovery is laid out in the big book has become in an AA meeting. And I don't know about you, but is there must like, of course, that there are still lines in the book where you'll be reading it and you'll be like, where the fuck did that come from? Right. Uh, like new stuff pops out of the book all the time. Yeah. And there was one oh, that I. Sure. Yeah. Like I was with someone yesterday and I was just like, what did that just say? Get out the highlighter. I thought this was so amazing. This was on page 92. And this is not what we're, um, this is not anywhere close to what we're chatting about today. But on page 92, listen to this little tidbit that I didn't read before. 
Well, I did. I just never read it. You know what I mean? Show him from your own experience how the queer mental condition surrounding that first drink prevents normal functioning of the willpower. I was like, get the fucking highlighter. Because how many, just that one sentence alone, like how many slogans and cliches do you hear in an AA meeting that directly oppose this that sentence? And the big one, I was at a meeting last night and it was just an ID meeting and uh, oh, you guys don't know what that is. We don't have ID meetings in America. It's where drunks stand up for 20 minutes and talk about their drinking for 20 minutes. It is fucking wild. The idea of an ID meeting is for a newcomer to be able to identify their alcoholism. But the problem is you may, they usually don't talk about alcoholism. They just talk about consequences of drinking and, um, uh, war story is just like the 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 natural consequences that non-alcoholics also suffer from drinking. <laughs> yeah. So when I read that the other day, I was just like, oh my God, that's so sick. Like I was like, that's so sick. But like the guy speaking for 20 minutes was like, you just put that plug in the jug. You just one day at a time, I don't drink no matter what. And I was like, well, I do. I drink no matter what. <laughs> Yeah, same here. I like this um, this little reading on page uh, 20. Yeah, it says, now these are commonplace observations on drinkers, which we hear all the time. Back of them is a world of ignorance and misunderstanding. We see these expressions refer to people whose reactions are very different from ours. And right. so I look at that with, with new people and, and with, with people in general, I, I'm I'm with you, though. I, I, it bothers me that that you hear a lot of those observations made in the rooms of AA. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've we've uh, th- there's a clear mis- misinterpretation of of our first step uh, and and what it means to be powerless. Right. Because uh, it's like I had a shitty day, but I got through it without drinking. Yes. I, I drank on good days. Yes. Uh, I drank because it was. Yeah, I can't day. just put the plug in the jug. I can't not drink no matter what. Right. And then, you know, even further down the road, it'll, I, I am now harping on like a day at a time in general, because um, I don't know how a newcomer couldn't misconstrue that as I'm white knuckling, not drinking for a day at a time. Because for me, that was really impossible. Every morning I chose not to drink for that day, every morning, but by 10 a.m. something would happen where my mind would change. And it wasn't a circumstantial mind change. It was the best day. It was the worst day. It was stunning. It was raining. I had a pimple. I looked amazing. Like it didn't fucking matter. So when we're like, just for one day, one minute, one hour at a time, I'm like, that sounds fucking terrible. So if that's what you're selling to me as a chronic progressive bedridden an alcoholic because that's who I was. I was bedridden at the end of my drinking, classy as fuck, you know? Like, first of all, if that's what you're selling me, I'll hard pass that. I don't want to be sober one day, one minute, one hour at a time. I need this problem to be removed, son, you know? Like, so I, um, it's my birthday week this week. I don't fucking tell anyone how sober I am because you can't time bully me. 
and I'm not selling my time. Okay, so so I, I uh, but if I get asked to share at a meeting during my birthday, I will I'll say you know if you're in this room right now or this week, you are the only people who know how sober I am because I'm not selling you time. Okay. What I say today is I'm selling you the promises on page 86 and 87. That's what I'm selling, not the nine step ones. Those just say I'm less of an asshole and I really don't care. You know, that's like, I'm not, I'm not here to be nice. Like, I know that sounds stupid, but I used to see kindness as a form of weakness, you know? So, so you weren't going to sell me on your kindness either. I wasn't here to like behave better. I'm not here to, uh, from that religious, moral, spiritual hilltop of like, look how good I am. Uh, I don't have a relationship with God based on my merit because I, I, I deserve nothing, right? <laughs> I need the problem within me that my mind keeps just changing. Today, I'm going to be sober. And then all of a sudden, I just will start that tomorrow. I need that problem to be fucking removed. And the fact that it's promised that it can be in steps fucking 10 and 11, like, why aren't we talking about that? And why are you telling me that willpower is going to work for me a day, an hour, a minute at a time? It's not. It's not. If you understand tip one, it's fucking not. You're going to drink again. You're promised. You're promised. Most of the promises in this book are that you will drink again. Most of the promises. People are like nine step promises are the promises. First of all, they're fucking one of the most boring promises, let alone not all the promises. And it promises me mostly that I'll drink and die of alcoholism. Nine o'clock's a good time to get me on this podcast to get real fucking riled up. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And anytime I'm in a meeting where I hear the night step promises referred to as the promises, the promises. I always try and throw that out there and say these aren't the promises. Mm. There's nothing there's nothing about dragging my ass into an AA meeting even seven days a week, that's going to make those promises uh, materialize in my life. Those are a result of doing the ninth step of, of being painstaking about this phase of my development. Uh, so, but it it's thrown around and, and there is that, that one day at a time. And it's funny, I had a conversation with somebody earlier about both of those <laughs> things, the one day at a time and um, the how much time they had. Right. Um, but the book gives me a way to be present. Uh, the, the work gives me a way to just be here and now. I don't have to be in the future or, or any of that uh, or, or in the past. I can just be right here, right now. Just right here, right now. Mm. My, my sponsor says, if you ask God what time it is, he'll tell you it's right now. Mm. And yeah, so and for me, the um, the promise that that hooked me in was the one from Bill's story. The uh, uh, he had been raised from the scrap heap to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. I was like, oh, shit, I, I want to die. So that sounds good. <laughs> Do you know, I used to say like the, the, the things people were grateful for in meetings. I was like, those don't sound very spectacular. But then I'm like, I literally am drinking myself to death. So the cash and prizes on offer are, are I mean, I'm comfortably sober. Guys, listen to me. I am comfortably sober. Am I just walking around floating comfortable with the world? Fuck no. I got all kinds of problems. You know, I'm 40. I got a teenager. Like, life is hard. But I'm comfortably sober. This is what I'm selling to you, right? And before you understand what that feels like, you have to understand what the problem is to understand that you can be free of it. 
right? I, it, like, how do you sell an active alcoholic comfortable sobriety if you've never known peace in your life? Because I never knew this level of peace could exist because I didn't know peace in my soul for 34 years, right? Like, I didn't know. So it's very hard to communicate what we're selling here to be an accurate representation of the program. So if we're trying to sell this thing that you don't know exists, which is comfortable sobriety, like the problem has been removed, we no longer talk ourselves into a drink, we no longer think about drinking, no matter what happens in our life, we're not not picking up drink, we're not thinking about alcohol at all, and we're not willing that thought process, right? We just turn up, show up, do fucking, we do this AA stuff on the left, and then the problem is just removed from us as a side effect. So it's very hard to what we're selling to explain it if you don't know it exists. However, the way that I'm going to sell it to you is to be an accurate representation of explaining what alcoholism is because you go to a meeting and you don't hear what alcoholism is. You don't hear the problem that we're suffering from. And if you don't understand the problem, you aren't going to be able to get to that solution and uh, we always, everyone's like, well, the problem with AA, the problem with AA, it doesn't matter. You know, I guess we're all in God's world here. So it is what it is. It must be the way it's supposed to be. But if you want a fighting chance at recovering from this stuff, we have to ha at least have a couple of us with the illness of alcoholism as it's laid out, which have trudged the road to happy destiny the way that it's laid out in the big book and now live that life to represent AA for those people who really are coming to show turn up and show up to get well, you know, which we are not the majority. <laughs> <laughs> We're like the minority of the minority of the minority. I heard a guy last night. I moved states. This dude just fucking read the words that he lives in the big book. And I was like, swoon. I was like, where the fuck have you been? It's the most recovery I've heard in like six years, you know? Finding people who are walking this path are few and far between. And I'm talking to a decade at this rate <laughs> that I've met. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and when you mentioned my job in AA, and that's that's a big part of it for me is um, I'm going to try to grab you before the meeting or after the meeting. And if um, and if we're working together, I'm going to encourage you to grab them before the meeting and after the meeting, because my responsibility is to make sure that regardless of what you hear during that hour, that if, if you come to AA, I'm I'm giving you a, a fair and accurate representation of of what we do here and, and what yes. we have to offer uh, and, and a fair and accurate representation of what alcoholism is, because I, I said I was an alcoholic because the people in the room did. Yeah. Uh, but I would still th say things like I chose not to drink today. Right. Uh, and it and it took some some rough experiences uh, and, and somebody with a good knowledge of the book and alcoholism to sit down and, and help me uh, go through some considerations and see that that's not my truth. I, there's this meme on, you know, meme everything that's like, I'd rather go through my life believing I'm an alcoholic than like pretending I'm not or something. I'm like, you know, I could help you diagnose yourself within 40 minutes, right? Like we could, I could, you don't need to believe you're an alcoholic. You could just know if you are or not. There's like <laughs> symptoms. There's not even a lot of symptoms. There's two symptoms that make you an alcoholic. Like, we could identify those this afternoon if you'd like. You don't have to, like, pretend. You don't have to know. And <gasps> let me tell you this one. Oh, my God. I just got a new sponsee. 29 years 
in AA, right? 29 years. And she relapsed, maybe she drank again like seven months ago and then previously to that, right? But she's been in AA for 29 years. And um, she goes, I, she just is, is uncomfortable, violently uncomfortable. And that's why she asked me to sponsor her. And we get through the first part of step one. Yes, two days ago, I read the, I, I read the words phenomenon of craving. She goes, I don't have that. And I go, are you open to not being an alcoholic? She goes, I've been telling everyone I'm not an alcoholic for 29 years, but they keep saying, it's your disease talking. <laughs> it's your disease talking. And I'm like, <gasps> she said she's been through like six or seven sponsors. And I'm the first person to ever mention that she probably doesn't have alcoholism. And the look on her face, the smile on her face, she's like, I know I need the steps. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you do. She's like, I know I need God. I want this experience, but I don't identify with any of this alcoholism shit. I'm like, oh my God, we've kept you here for fucking 30 years and you're in the wrong boat. Like it was really painful, but then really um, beautiful to be able to show her like, no, no, we're not going to throw you out. We're just going to find what fucking bedroom you belong in. Right? Like we're not going (laughs) to like... And no one had said that to her. So, oh, I was at the meeting last night, too, that I'd never been to. Like, they're like, oh, are you new? You're in the right place. And I go, well, maybe. The girl behind me, I heard her share last week. She's literally not an alcoholic. She's not at all. She's like an Instagram (laughs) influencer. Like, I know, because I heard her share, right? Like, she's not, but she's here. (laughs) So when people sit down and we're like, oh, you're just in the right place. Well, fucking, you're probably, you might not be, actually. There's a lot of heavy drinkers in AA, I'd say more than alcoholics. And uh, yeah, that was really rough. But this poor woman has been kept here. That's your disease talking. And I'm like, or <laughs> you're you're not identifying because you don't actually have the problem. Fucking wild. But I got all excited. I was like, this is amazing. I've taken a bunch of people through uh, identifying whether or not they're alcoholic. Uh, Not a bunch, but probably five over the years of my sobriety that actually don't turn out to be alcoholic. Thank God. Thank God you don't have to sit in these fucking meetings the rest of your life. I'm always like, we're not that cool. What are you doing here? If you just quit drinking on your own willpower and you feel better, what the fuck are you doing here? I would rather die. I have so many better things to do. I have laundry all the time. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> take up sewing or something. Like, start a business. Like, if you can quit drinking on willpower and just stay sober no matter what, what the fuck are you doing in these rooms, you know? And my theory, well, it's not theory. AA meetings treat loneliness. They do. And um, some of the kindest, most genuine, wonderful people in the whole world are alcoholic. So I do understand that draw, right? But you can find kind, genuine people at like a circus class or like ballet, you know, or at the gym. Like you could, your neighbors, I'm sure, are lovely. Go introduce yourself. (laughs) Yeah. And we have that, that phenomenon that we just um, want to diagnose everyone that walks through the doors as alcoholics. Uh, But if, if you're not experiencing the phenomenon of craving, I don't know how to help you yeah. uh, as far as alcoholism goes. Cause that's not, that's not my truth. Uh, and it also, if you're not, if you don't have a, a good valid first step experience, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that's what, that's what got me through the rest of the work. And that's, that's what keeps me in the work. Uh, so I don't know how you would, um, yeah, it would be tough for me, you know, just, just let go and let God brother. Yeah. Uh, right. Or whatever, whatever that means. 
complete uh complete destruction of self-will what's that on page uh I love that I just hate on myself when I don't know every single quote in this book. I'm like, God damn it, Agent X. <laughs> Hold on, I want to read it because it's it's absolutely. Our human resources, as marshaled by the will, were not sufficient. They failed utterly. That's what I was thinking of. My human powers, I just was so fucked, man. And I was baffled and it was like crawling in on my hands and knees. A human like me, whose self-motto is I do what I want, you know, don't tell me what to do. Don't you tell me what to do. Even if it's a great idea, I will literally do the opposite thing. Okay. What it looked like is that I came crawling on my hands and knees, completely fucked by my willpower and willing to just uh, do what you say. All right. Just for this little amount of time. And you know what I took? which is not AA and it's a fucking nightmare is 90 meetings in 90 days. Nothing's happening at the end of 90 days, by the way, by the way, right? You can go to 90 meetings. You can go to fucking 900 meetings in 90 days. Nothing's going to fucking happen if you're all literally nothing will happen. Hopefully you hear someone with a message in that time though. Hopefully Uh, not guaranteed though. In that time I did do that. And so it was like, I'm willing to do what you say for 90 days, but I'm also smart. And I'm also was gifted with a, a big book recovered sponsor armed with facts about herself who offered me only the steps, nothing else, not even friendship. You know, she's like, don't call me every day. That's stupid. (laughs) And I do the same thing. Please don't call me every day. Fuck's sake. Don't call me every day. Um, So I go, okay, I'll do 90 meetings in 90 days, but I might as well do the steps while I'm here. Well, I'm fucking around. That was mine. That was, well, God probably, but that was like, okay, I'll do that. You know? Uh, strangely enough, that worked really well. And it very was, a, it was very apparent the meetings were not the thing that happened. The thing that happened was steps four through nine. The things that happened were those promises, right? There's a promise in every single step, by the way, like <laughs> the promises of oh. AA. Shut up. That is not, shut up. Step nine is not the promises. I'm just going to get a black marker every, okay. <laughs> maybe I should, maybe I should inventory that. Don't tell anyone. Uh, all right. What yeah. time are we at? Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I'm, I'm with you. I came around, uh, I came around AA a few times before, um, before I actually got sober. I can remember, um, you know, hearing various things, uh, like I had one guy suggest that I get a gym membership, um, yes. and, and things like, like we that. We haven't and, tried that. <laughs> well, but the the last time I, I came around, um, I'd I'd come off the fifth floor. I was about two weeks sober because they kept me for a few weeks there, uh, and so fresh out of the psych ward, and um, I got into the work as as heavily as I could. And I probably made, um, I didn't have a car and I was staying at another AA member spare house. I probably made two, maybe three meetings a week, uh, but I, I was in the work. I was falling asleep reading the book because I, I found me. Uh, and and as I got into the work, I, I started to get some relief from me. Um, and, and I can still remember people telling me, uh, like this is a direct quote, fast recovery, fast relapse. Oh, fuck uh, off. And, uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't tell you how many people told me I was going to burn out. And, you know, here I am. Uh, me too. <laughs> I just gave you the like high eyebrows because I was like, 
Me too. And it's funny because my sponsor didn't warn me that our lineage goes very fast. Well, as fast as you're willing to go, I can, I can get, I got someone, I've gotten multiple people through step six in one day. I don't like, I, we don't need to read every single fucking, there's, look at, you get me all riled up. 9 a.m., great time. You want to come on the podcast? Get me at 9 a.m. I'm like full of fucking spirit. All right. Listen, uh, We don't need to read and understand every word in the book to have a spiritual experience. And the way that I can just prove that is that yesterday, I just found that sentence in the book on page 92. Okay, I didn't need to like, read that and understand it to have a spiritual experience. I have to get to the instructions and follow those. So there's a way that I go through the the book. You're going to be reading and studying this book the rest of your fucking life. You're going to grow and understand effectiveness and cool shit comes out of it all the time that you didn't know was there. All right. It's a magic book. So um, my sponsor didn't warn me, though, that if you recover quickly, people are going to tell you about it. You know, they're going to tell you about how wrong it is. And Finally, I just had my sp- my first sponsor on the show. I was like, how long did it take you to get through the steps? She goes, uh, three days. And I was like, <laughs> here she is like, m- like 15 years or something. You know what I mean? Like she's really sober. And um, the truth is, is that everybody who's who I'm just like, you're dope, went through the steps quickly. I'm sorry. They just have. Do you agree? Well, I think. Some of the biggest atrocities in AA is when we start putting time frames on stuff. Uh, I had it's been a I, I've been very disconnected from some things, and one of those things was the sponsorship pamphlet put out, and it's like it's recommended that that they have a year. Like, where wow. the hell did you get that out of the book? Like, Bill, Bill was working died. feverishly for the first six months before he found before he found Bob, and then they immediately set out and 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 found number three, uh, like. If if Bob would have told Bill you need a year to sponsor me, none of us would be here. So here's a fun fact. In NA, they did a, a study, Stanford U- University did a study about um, long-term recovery. And the one thing that determined your um, probability of success, it had nothing to do with going to meetings and it had nothing to do with getting a sponsor. So getting a sponsor and going to meetings, you had a very, very low success rate of like one or 2% uh, of staying sober long-term, right? So you go to meetings, you have a sponsor, completely irrelevant to making you more successful at long-term recovery. The one thing that astronomically projected whether or not you're going to stay sober is whether or not you were a sponsor within your first year. So the way to stay sober as proved by a study, was to be the fucking sponsor in your first year. So again, this is like, I am the AA cheerleader here to be like, no, 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 that's the opposite of what it says. Okay, don't you worry. We can go all day about the fucking AA pamphlets that need to be burned. Let me talk about medication in AA just for a second. No, 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 I'm not about to give you an opinion. Don't worry. However, but what it says in that pamphlet, because I just finally read it, because I like to talk shit about things I don't always know. So I did finally read it, right? And it said, I went to a meeting every day for a year, but I was still depressed. So I had to go to the doctor. Bitch, if you just go to a meeting every single day to try to treat your alcoholism, you're going to need opioids. You're going to need meth, all right? You better become a fucking sex worker because it's not going to work. <laughs> 
work. That's not the solution to alcoholism. Of course you need medication, bitch. Of course you do, right? We aren't giving you meetings as a solution to alcoholism, but yes, we are. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry that that was told to you. But when we have a pamphlet that tells you that you probably need medication if you go to a fucking meeting every single day for a year and you don't get better, AA, man. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Yeah, let's... And that's that's the, I mean, sort of coming back again to my job in AA, that's um that's where the the big book, uh the big book and and recovered people, uh that's that's to me where where their purpose is. Yeah. Uh it's to find that that one person out of the crowd that's like, man, I've been doing this shit every day for a year. I'm ready yeah. to die. Yeah. Uh, I love them. And Come here, my little darlings. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting. I actually don't uh, approach newcomers before or after the meeting. It's not my thing. And I had to accept that that wasn't like, it's actually not my personality, which people get crazy about because as I speak, people call me like in air quotes, enthusiastic, you know? Uh, I am. This is what I do well. I'm very articulate when delivering the message. That's it. I'm just a fucking drunk and a loser. Don't get me wrong. You know, most of my day, the rest of the day, I'm going to like eat and clean and watch TV. Okay. So uh, I'm, I'm not like this normally. Um, there are people in AA who their job is to do the before and after with newcomers. Uh, the other reason is I'm fucking slammed with sponsees all the time. And I just, if you want, if you come to me and ask me, I say, yes, I've never said no. Even if I know you're not an alcoholic, no matter what, like I will sponsor you. Um, I've never said no, but I don't approach because we can't waste your time or mine either. Like if, if you don't know if you're now, if you want this, I am here. And I always offer at the end of meetings as well and sharing or whatever, but, um, that's not my job, but that is a lot of people's most important job. So I love that that's your job because it's so fucking important uh, to grab those people. But here's who I do offer to is those people who are like, I have had a sponsor for two years. Uh, we have been going through the 12 and 12 for two years. Uh, I'm not getting better. I feel like I want to kill myself. I don't know if this is, I don't need, know if I need more meetings. And I'm like, hi, you want to like get well or... <laughs> I will approach them <laughs> for a long time in early recovery. I would, I would leave, leave meetings and go home and write inventory. And, and, uh, it got to the point <laughs> that I just passionately hated that book, the 12 and 12 uh, because of that. Like, we've been working the steps out of the 12 and 12. Like, well, how's that work? How do you do that? Yeah. There's no directions. Uh, there's, there's no directions so. in there. Uh, and it took me a while to, um, to outgrow that and finally, because it's a great resource. It's beautifully uh, I, written. I, I hated it. I wouldn't even crack that book for a long, long time. <laughs> in fact, in, in the area I'm in, they um they kind of poke fun at me about it still. Uh we talk a lot of all my friends talk shit about the 12 and 12. I think that there's a part in step six in the 12 and 12 that is so beautifully written. Like I just think it's really well written. I think Bill is a fantastic writer, and a lot of the people who contributed to that. Uh, it's really hard when we are using it as a resource to recover though, because there's no instructions in there. And, um, you know, what I say about the 12 and 12 is it's a podcast. 
You know, nobody is recovering by listening to me and you chat, even though you and I are recovered. So uh, no one's listening. We're just giving you commentary on the big book. That's what the 12 and 12 is. You can listen to fucking all 90 episodes of the shit and nothing's going to happen to you unless you call me and I'll take you through the book or my homeboy Anthony here and you have a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps and then you go carry the exact same message to other sick and suffering alcoholics. That's all that is going to happen. That's what happens, right? Nothing's happening here. The 12 and 12 is a podcast. Though lovely to read. <laughs> and there's a lot that isn't though. There's a lot in there that isn't lovely to read. Um, so I just always try to to say that as well. I don't hate on it. The intention was good. Our intentions are always good. Do you know one of <laughs> one of Agent X's big edit, edits to the big book is where it says in the sex inventory, which is like, oh, it depends on us and our motives. And it's like, Bill, you just said that our motives are always good, that you do what I say and we'll be fine. Okay. So you're not going to just have good motives during your affair. Go fuck yourself. You know, he's such a dick. But Bill W. being a dick is why I'm here, to be honest, because if he was like Sister Ignatia, I wouldn't be doing this shit. Like, he's just an asshole. Like me. There's no merit for me or Bill to be sober. Like, like I'm the least, the last person in line of being a good person that should be recovered. Right? Oh, same here. Mm. Yeah, the the phrases that uh, deserve this and fair, I try to avoid those like the plague, and I always cringe a little bit. Like, I don't deserve this. Like, I don't know what I deserve, but it's a whole hell of a lot worse than what I got. So I'm not even going to go down that road. <laughs> yeah, that you're good enough for this. Love yourself. We'll love you until you love yourself. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it says be hard on yourself and gentle on others, actually. Victims don't recover. To coddle an alcoholic is to kill an alcoholic. That's mine. You can take that with you, okay? I, I don't baby you. If I want to be babied, I go to my neighbor, Nikki, and I'm like, oh, my husband's a problem. And she'll go. He is. And then as soon as that bitch goes, your husband's a problem. I'm like, fuck, I'm the problem, aren't I? She doesn't need to know the solution for me to know the solution, right? That's how cool AA life is, right? If you tell me it's not me, I will instantly know that it is. And this is why I need other recovered people living the, the program in my life. Um, if I tell what you- What a beautiful thing, though. Yeah. <laughs> Because we can't see our own mirror. We can't see through our own glass. I can see through you like glass. You can see through me like glass. But our own mirrors are foggy. Like we can't, our own windows out. We can't see ourselves in perfect, in perfect light. If we could, we wouldn't need that four or five process with our sponsor to kind of reveal some of the shit that's blocking us off from other people and from God. It's all very beautifully laid out. We don't got to make anything up here. <laughs> So you and I are on page 73. If you want to read out of the good book, someone said that to me the other day. She goes, you want to come share and read out of the good book? <laughs> I love it. Meaning sober living. Just kidding. Jokes. Jokes all around. I don't even know. I, I don't even, have. Do you have it? Somebody sent me a copy of that book that was glued together with a magnet inside. And, and, and it's a coaster. And it is the coolest coaster I've ever <laughs> seen. Landslide by far. Okay, very cool. Well, I've never read it. So again, I like to talk shit, a lot of shit about things I don't know. I haven't read it. 
I know that it says something like if you have cravings to eat sugar, but, and then like people diss on that, but dude, I had to fucking keep a whole top shelf of gummy bears. Like the kids are like, why aren't you sharing that shit with me? I'm like, I gave you my body. Fuck off. You know, like I had this whole cabinet of sugar. So I'm not saying that it's a bad suggestion. I don't know. Maybe I should read the book. Probably well, not. It's, so. it's, in the, it's in the big book where they talk about chocolate and early recovery. But by the time you get to read that point, you've done a shitload of work before you get to the family afterward. Oh, yes. Do you know where it talks about anything outside of the work is like step 11? It's the, you know, we don't talk about um, other religions or other um, books or other resources or anything other than the work until step 11. We are a very primary purpose, singleness of purpose, direct one size fits all, like step by step method uh, that isn't open for interpretation by the end of step 10. Like if you work four through nine, you'll have that promise on step 10, which is my hook, my selling point. Right. And, um, once you have that, something will have happened to you. The, the, the promises come true. The alcohol problem has been removed. Now I grow spiritually, which over the years has changed and morphed. And like, that's, that's also just accurate we grow spiritually and that's when we talk about other books and like other things and other religions that you can fuck around and find out with, but Mm -hmm. nothing other than the 12 steps is offered as the means of recovering from alcoholism and nothing's even mentioned until step 11. So yeah, that's awkward when you hear that shit, isn't it? We know, but a little bitch, you know, but a little after you recovered, right? (laughs) Like, yeah, (laughs) you actually know a lot. I don't know about you, but I haven't had to add or subtract a single fucking thing from these steps in all the years of my sobriety. What about you? Yeah, um, I would say there's a a couple uh, in the spirit of being fully transparent. There's a couple things that um, Mark Houston put out a a format for writing the four step inventory that added added a little bit to uh, to the third column. Tell me about it. So. in the third column, when you're looking at the seven areas of self, mm-hmm. uh, he gave um, he, he would write little statements and he gave a uh, little prompts like for self-esteem. Uh, what role have I assigned myself in the resentment? Yeah. Um, mine's generally something along the lines of I am the best whatever I am in relation to the person I'm pissed off at. I'm the best fucking employee this person can have, mm. um, you know, or uh, security. uh I need X, Y, Z to be okay. Uh, so it, other than that, though, uh, that kind of opened me up to some things. But outside of that, absolutely, um, absolutely nothing except for uh, the experience and exploration I've done in the 11th step, along mm-hmm. with the work in the book. Uh, and and I, need it, I need it to be very tight and concise. My first book, I, yeah, um, the the cover was missing and then i so it's alcoholics anonymous for dummies and, and i need it to be i really need it to be that simple like mm-hmm. i need i need the 11th step upon awakening i'm gonna i'm gonna read this i'm gonna do exactly what you tell me to do here yeah uh, and then at night i'm gonna do exactly what you tell me to do during the day i'm gonna try and watch just like you're telling me to do here and and if i get i just um 
I don't know. My ego will trick my ass easily. So if it's not real tight and concise like that, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think I would struggle with it. Uh, I, I guess I'm lying because I actually changed step four uh, as well a little bit. I, uh, uh, with the sex inventory, I use it as relationships. And I believe that actually my, my take on it is that every person that you're in a relationship with after you do this first step inventory that you have resentment with should go through the sex inventory and not the resentment inventory. I know I'm wild. I'm fucking wild. But I think uh, I think that that sex inventory is the most profound thing I've ever done in my whole life when used with relationship. And I can say, you know, I you can use it with your children. You can use it with your mother. You can re- use it with people in AA. And um, it's it's a really profound little inventory process that we have right there. I've done um over the years I've definitely done other step fours. I've done extended fourth columns uh or third columns as well. One of them was once really good about uh it's like what was I getting from this because what am I getting out of this defect or something like that. And then uh the best I've ever been taken through a fourth step is actually, I think, comes from Big Book Awakening, or it kind of sounds like that. I really well, have. That one is the Big Book Awakening. Is the, it? Yeah. So yeah, I, that one. Go ahead. Uh, I got that one um, a few years into sobriety, mm-hmm. and and it it had a tremendous impact. Uh, and what I like about it is not. It's not leaving anything out of the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's got absolutely everything that the inventory has. Plus, I, I get to to dive a little deeper uh, and, and write out things, which I'm going to look at anyway, like the word fear. I'm going to look at those fears in the very next inventory. Why not go ahead and write out the, the entire fear here? Right. Uh, I found through like one of those big book awakening inventories with a good friend of mine just bringing me through something. Like my biggest fear is being invisible and, and I would have never, ever got there without that extended, like the, that I just was amazing. I was like, holy shit, this explains fucking everything. Look at me, dude. <laughs> like I'm neck tattoos, right? Like, but also the way that I show up in the world that steps on people's toes is this demand to not be invisible. And I was like at a shop the other day and these two women were talking and they were like, after 40, you become invisible. And I literally looked at these strangers. I was like, speak for your fucking self. And they looked at me like, oh, and she goes, well, not you. (laughs) But like, like I stepped on their toes. I invaded their privacy because I was so offended by the, you know, the attempt of being invisible. I just, it really makes sense. It makes sense with the way that I turn up in my family and the way I turn up in AA and all these things. Like it just, I don't know. It's just so helpful doing that stuff. So I say I don't change anything, add or subtract. But over the years, my spiritual growth I have, but not initially, meaning I oh, yes. I recovered from alcoholism in 24 days as a result of working the 12 steps, just the way that they're laid out in the big book, and then immediately got someone to help. And um, immediately, 34 days, bam, sponsee, fucking reading the book like an idiot, no idea, thinking she's going to die. I'm going to kill this bitch. Watch. And it was really funny. She would sit on the phone with me for hours talking about how she wasn't an alcoholic, right? And I'm like, this is crazy, you know, crazy. So I'd be reading the book and I'd be calling old timers and I'm going to meetings. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And I fucking <laughs> look back two weeks later and I'm like, oh, I haven't thought about drinking. 
in fucking forever. Like my mind just fell on the floor. It like flew out of me. I was like, I haven't had the thought to drink. So when I say we don't have to change any of this, we don't. We don't. We oh, don't. For sure. We don't. But growing and understanding and effectiveness of connecting to God, we get to search all kinds of shit. We get to do all kinds of fucking rad stuff, you know? Yeah. And as long as I'm not taking anything away from it. Um, yeah. I'm, let's let's see what you got. Uh, if we can add to it and I can have an experience with it, then great. Uh, but yeah, I'm, as long as I'm not taking anything away or doing anything instead of because uh, I, I, I got pretty screwed up. A uh, few years into sobriety, I got all these sweet ass spiritual books and it's like, well, mm. you know, I figured out what my ego was and I was pretty close to being enlightened. Um, Were and you? Then, <laughs> yeah. And then and then I realized I'd kind of easing away from from the disciplines. And, and you know, like you said, it's they're they're very strict. Uh, it's it's very, very point by point laid out. So, I mean, I get to the point where it's like, well, you know, Oh, it's just spiritual mumbo jumbo. Nothing matters. Nothing means nothing. And then I realized yeah. that I'm, I'm none of this shit practical to me because I can't apply it in my life. <laughs> and when I just do when I just do this work, it's like, oh shit, this this makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah. It fits. And then the other stuff, it's like, well, that's your ego. Um, you know, just, uh, it, it becomes a better philosophy for life. Uh, mm-hmm. Exactly what you read and. And I just uh, marshaled, I'm too marshaled by, by the wheel. So that shit doesn't work for me. Almost every other spiritual path that I've looked at is incredibly self-centered, to be honest. It's all about me. You know, it's all about my spiritual awakening and my enlightenment and my peace and my serenity. And there's no altruism. And it's like, you know, at the very beginning of the book, it's like, spoiler, the solutions, God and altruism, and neither of those are something we want. They sound terrible ideas. Those are fucking <laughs> awful ideas, you know, but it tells me that that's a solution. So each time I, I've looked outside spiritually, it's all about self, you know, it's like the self diagnosis and interpretation. And then I have to use myself to get rid of myself and, and nothing means nothing. Absolutely. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. Like, like all these wonderful spiritual teachings, but they're all manifested in myself looking looking at myself about myself. But like, again, that's the fucking problem. (laughs) It's the problem is my focus on myself. You know, we're all a spotlight looking at the world, but my spotlight is shining directly on me all the time. I can't see you because I'm blinded with my own bullshit all the time. And what I, my example is kind of like, if you, you know, you're getting ready and you walk past a mirror and you're like, damn, you look good at a glance, right? Like you're like, damn, looking good. That is a normal, wonderful, egoic experience. You're like, damn, looking good. Move along. Now, if we sit in that same mirror and get naked, I don't know how old you are, but fuck me, right? Like if I stand there just naked in front of the mirror and just stare at myself, I'm going to find shit that I find objectionable, right? If I just stare, if I just really analyze myself, if I start looking, you know, like there's there's no good that's going to come out of analyzing everything about myself, uh, only except self-loathing, self-pity, fear, all that shit on 35 that it tells me is the problem is going to come out of that, you know? So we want to glance at self. We want to like, like finger gun ourselves in the mirror, right? You want to be like, 
good. Yeah. Or finger glance yourself in the mirror and be like, change that shirt right on. Okay. Go change your shirt and get back with your life. Right. That's my defects today is as I'm glancing at self, like, Oh, that shirt don't fit. Oh, you being judgmental right now ain't working. Go bring that shit to God. Let's move about our day and go help people. That's the spiritual experience we're trying to cultivate right now is a less direct observation of self all the fucking time because I'm Mm -hmm. delusional when it comes to myself. Delusional, right? Fucking delusional. Yeah, that's, I've been harping on that. Um, I've got, I've got some big book dictionaries recently. Yay, Um, I want one so bad. uh, I can send you one. I bought a, I bought a bunch. Yes, awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I was looking and and the word resolutely, and I love um, the guy I'm working with now. He's all about, you know, even if you think you know what the word means, look it up yes. and see if you can see if you can deepen your experience with it and, and resolutely turn my thoughts, unwaveringly mm-hmm. turn my thoughts. That's that's powerful because it's like, I know you're afraid, but uh, don't think about it. How, how can ah! you be so You know? Isn't, for me, one of the most mind-blowing truths in AA is when the old timers would say things like, the answer is to do nothing. Holy shit, that is like a knife in my heart. That just guts you, isn't it? And the truth today is the answers probably do nothing. What? Like, keep your, this is the best advice ever given to me by one of my, I I only have, have one person in AA that is my air quotes like I look up to. Okay. If, if your AA has a leader in it, that's a cult. Okay. So there's all these like circuit speakers that are, oh, she's, she's my grand sponsor. She's my, you know, fuck you, right? You're in a cult if you're following <laughs> someone. But there's someone who I love. I would give my left eye for this man. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. I would give him my eye. (laughs) I love him because he saved my life because uh, it's just incredible message. Uh, And, but I'm not following him. Okay. I don't have any idea like what his program is. I don't, he's just a homie. Uh, And his message to me during one of the scariest times of my life sober was keep your head down and help the drunk in front of you. Mm-hmm. And that sounded irresponsible for what I was going through. Irresponsible to fucking don't focus on this huge, huge problem. And I'm talking <laughs> about like this is a multifaceted problem that I was going through. We're talking about layers. All right. And we are talking about like family, like we the problem. We are talking about like potential homelessness here, sir. And he goes, you just keep your head down, help the drunk in front of you. And I'm like, that's fucking irresponsible. And so I <laughs> so I did that, right? So I did that. Because the truth was, is there's nothing else that my big brain could fucking wrap around this mountain of a problem. Yeah, it all turned out fine, actually. <laughs> it turned out better than I could have ever imagined. And it always does. It always does, you know? So when I got sober... Uh, my my first wife and I, we had a kid. She was uh, six or seven at the time. And after about, I don't know, two, three months, we decided to get back together and work things out. And um, it just it didn't work out. So sometime around five months, uh, I'm leaving and I'm going to live with another member, a sober member of AA. And this lady, she's she's in her 60s, uh, but just absolutely a bulldog for the book and just tons of good experience. And what happened was. I mean, just like you said, I got through 
uh, something in my life that that at the time, if if I would have tried to look at that head on, I would have said, yeah, there's there's no way I'm going to be able to get through this. And I got through that. Not only did I get did I get through it, I kept every shred of dignity that I had. And that was brand new to me. No stomping nobody's windshields, no fighting anybody, no, no crazy barbaric manipulative bullshit. Mm. And it was a result of getting in, going to meetings, trying to find people to share this shit with. And, uh, and it works. And, and that's what I, I love. Uh, you mentioned the sex inventory earlier and this little, uh, this little tidbit down here. So we treat sex as we would any other problem. Mm-hmm. In meditation, we ask God what we should do about each specific matter. And then if you jump over to the other page to sum up about, oh, yeah, to sum up about sex, we earnestly and any other problem. Uh-huh. We earnestly pray for the right ideal for guidance in each questionable situation for sanity and for strength to do the right thing. If sex or any other problem. Yep. Very troublesome. We throw ourselves the harder into helping others. Yeah. And I heard any other problem as Don well. Pritch. Yeah. I heard a guy named Don Pritz throw that out there. And I was like, man, that is absolutely beautiful. Hmm. And it says it as well. We have a very specific way to um, match calamity with serenity. There's the instruction in that sentence, too, uh, which is so beautiful. It says, you know, we keep our head down and like help other alcoholics and you will match calamity with serenity. It's like, it's all over the book that that's actually the solution. So uh, when people say you just go to a meeting to get something, it's that's not at all why we're going to meetings. We're going to meetings to fucking share a message that has depth and weight from our experience, you know, with the big book and recovering with this stuff. I'm there to not just be in the center of AA. I'm on the side of the lifeboat trying to pull bitches in that are drowning. I'm throwing life rafts here, okay? So we're going... We're going to meetings to throw life rings. We're not going to meetings to feel better. I don't know where this came from. In early sobriety, I need, I don't have a mental, I have this mental blank spot. So I don't have any way to stay sober a day at a time until the end of step nine, it promises me, you know, on page 26. It's like, well, for this to work, you have to do all these steps, right? Uh, You're not going to like it. I love that part on 26 too. It's like, there's a solution. You're not going to fucking like it, but uh, (laughs) you have to do it for a successful consummation is what it says. So for this to work, you have to do the stuff you don't want to do. But nowhere does it say you go to a meeting to feel better, but I have to go to meetings until step nine. Pretty often I did, you didn't, but I, but I also really enjoyed where I got sober too. I love the attention. I love the affection. I loved people wanting me to come back somewhere. They were kind to my children and I got a really good fellowship experience, but you don't need that to stay sober, right? You don't, that's not, we aren't going there to get anything. At least I'm not today. Uh, Sir, we have not started reading yet and we are two minutes over time. So we are going to read a fucking sentence, whether we like it or not. Okay. Good. This what it's just what happened. More than most people, we're on page seventy three. More than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. Not me. He is very much the actor. To the outer world, he presents his stage character. This is the one he likes his fellows to see. He wants to enjoy a certain reputation, but he knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. You know, Mm. alcohol let me, like, put the mask on. So people are like, it's weird when people, I I just don't relate because everyone's like, 
most shares in AA are just parroting what someone else has said, right? Like most mm-hmm. people who share is just like they, I felt like a square peg in a round hole. I just never fit in anywhere I went. I That's not alcoholism, right? Again, we have two symptoms and none of them are characteristics. So I love the part where it's like, there's a there's there's not really any characteristics what makes an alcoholic. You know, we have manic depressives, we have outgoing guys, we have normal guys. Like none of alcoholism isn't um by a circum isn't a character flaw. Okay. I am loud, gregarious, outgoing. I actually feel like I fit in everywhere, to be honest. Like I can make friends with anyone <laughs> if I want. So that's not my experience at all. Um But when it says like, but that's my stage character. So the characteristic of not feeling like you fit in, that's not an alcoholic characteristic. That's not what it's saying. But I did lead a double life because I was more, I can be liked by you. Like I can manipulate you is what I read this to be. I will manipulate you. You can be a king. You can be a queen. You can be a rapper. You can be a child. I will manipulate you to get you to believe a certain way about me. But the problem is, is that I couldn't maintain that reputation for long. So alcohol like would, would help drag out, you know, that interpretation of who I wanted you to believe that I was. Um, but I couldn't keep it up. So I got a lot of first dates, right? Like a lot of fucking first dates. I'm adorable until the second date when I I drank too much. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that like fucking real Agent X came out. Delightful. We don't know who married me. Everyone, he's a mystery. Everyone's like, someone fucking married you. I know. Wild. For for years now. So I really like this part that's saying like, I can fit in and I can get you to like me, but not for long. Not for long. Go ahead. Well, when I first read this, I had a, a huge, a tremendous experience with this. Uh, when I got to AA, um, I'd spent my entire life just I would I would react and, and be violent and fight on the dime, even when I did not want to. It was it was part of the reputation that that I wish to enjoy. Um, and it was I mean, it's just uh, it was as natural to me as um, as anything else for for most of my life. But when I got to AA, uh, there was a there was a part of me that that knew before I read this that that's not you. And mm-hmm. and I was as wore down by that as I was anything else by by trying to to be somebody I knew I was not. Uh, and so when I when I think about that, uh, I mean, that was me spending my entire life wishing to enjoy a reputation that I knew deep down inside I didn't deserve. Uh, and then, like you said, I, I mean, I was a chameleon. Mm-hmm. I would be I would be whatever you needed me to yes. be. To, to get, get what I want. Way. Yes, to get what and, I want. And if, and if man, if even though I'm I'm I know I'm being untrue to myself, if if I can get a few uh a few good self-esteem brownie points off of you too, yeah. even better. I'm uh, like, yeah, I love country music. Yeah, I love camping. Yeah, I love this punk rock show. You know what I mean? Like, I'll do whatever. I'll, <laughs> I will love whatever you want me to love to get you to like me. Like, my God. <laughs> so it kind of brings up one of my experiences lately is um, I remember I was in a meeting and it, it was like a month in and I just sat there looking around and I was like, y'all, I don't mean to alarm anyone here, but I may be fucking rad. And the reason I say that is because I have no idea who I am. So you don't know if I'm cool. I may be right. You can't prove I'm not because <laughs> none of us know who I am. 
And I remember going home and being like, I called my best friend. I was like, I fucking hate camping. And she's like, what? It's like, oh, yeah, it's awful. I hate camping. I never want to go camping again. She goes, we went camping last weekend and it was your idea. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. It's fucking terrible. I actually don't like being outside. She was floored, right? And I was floored, too. Fun fact, I never have been camping ever again. I just let myself know that I don't actually want to go camp. I think it's awful. I think it's a terrible plan. Okay, so I've never went camping ever again after that. And then other things like my taste in music. I was like, fucking punk rock music is awful. And they're like, you're the one who picks us up to go to the shows every weekend. This is your plan. And I'm like, yeah, no, I think I just like the music because the guys were hot. I'm this is terrible. Like there's the singing. Like, have you heard this stuff? Um, I'm a big fan of 90s hip hop today. This is weird. Why? Because I love it. And because you can't tell me that I can't enjoy this music. Like, it's just, I'm going to send you a Craig Mack song. And if you don't dance in your car, I, I, there's something wrong with you, right? Like this whole new world is open up. And and the truth today, today is that I've spent so much time becoming the person that God wants me to be in his own way. Like, I didn't decide who I am right now. Okay, I I haven't grown intentionally towards who I am today. I did not workshop my defects. I did not uh, every day set a goal to be nice, although I do pray for kindness to my husband because it says so in the family afterwards. Fucking, I'm seriously. However, I'm pretty well armed with facts about who and what I am today. And the truth is, is that I am a cooler person today than any of the people that I pretended to be all those years. I really am. I'm like rad, dude. I just, I'm all right. I'm all right. It's good news, yeah? Hello. Okay, well, look at the time. We are out of time, my friend. Thank you so much, Anthony, for coming on. Uh, Send me a friend. I think that should be the rule. If you come on the podcast, you need to send me a friend because you know a big book guy or girl. I know you do, right? So send me a friend. That's a new rule just made it up yeah um thank you so much anthony for coming on the show thanks everybody who's listening please uh share the podcast around if you can another thing that's super helpful is if you're listening to the podcast you can rate it uh and that's super helpful for getting the word out i try to keep my uh fingerprints as far off of this shit as possible so i don't like share share it you know my own cousin in aa for years just a month ago was like are you Agent X? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that cute? So uh, I try That's to keep cute. my fingerprints off of this so my ego is not involved at all. And uh, if this has been helpful to you, please share it around. And thanks so much for uh, listening. And we'll see you guys all next week. Dude, have you even read the fucking book?